Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint with me today, Jennifer Wilson. Hello, Jim. JJ, when you were a child growing up, what did you think you'd like to be? Oh, there were days I wanted to be a ballet dancer or a, a teacher. And you caught pretty close to that teaching gig. I yeah, know that you. Uh... Pretty far away from the ballerina. <laughs> well, <laughs> I haven't actually seen you on the stage dancing, <laughs> but I have seen you teach, and you are a phenomenal teacher, even though it may not be in a traditional classroom. You're a great communicator, and you know, those, those dreams and visions we have growing up often turn out differently than we imagine, and yet when you look backward, you realize, wow, God was working with me day by yes. day, step by step, and here you are. And that's our guest story today, and she has a most, shall I say, sadly unusual vocation. She is a sexual assault nurse examiner. That's not something most children grow up hoping to be, but as her life has unfolded, the Lord has positioned her in a place where she brings hope in some really dark moments. Our guest today in Viewpoint is Holly Renz. She is a sexual assault nurse examiner at Community Hospital Anderson in central Indiana. Anderson is in the Indianapolis metro, and we're on the northeast side. Holly, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Now, I know you didn't start out in your career to be a sexual assault nurse examiner. You pursued a career in nursing. Is there a moment, is there an event, is there something that kind of stands out in your mind that would steer you into what you do today? There is a one particular moment as far as pediatric sexual assault nurse examiner goes, and um, I was working in the emergency department. I was a sexual assault nurse examiner, a SANE, taking care of adult and adolescent patients, but I also worked in the emergency department, so took care of a variety of patients. However, one morning a five-year-old child came into the emergency department, and she was flanked by the police, the Department of Child Services, and a variety of people, but not her mommy or her daddy. When I took care of her, the story that was related to me was that she um, innocently blurted out that she'd been sexually assaulted by a family member the night before, and then when she went to the babysitters, um, she told the babysitter. It was really difficult to take care of her because I felt like I wasn't equipped. I wasn't the person that was meant to be in that room with her, and yet I was. And so we did together the best we could. Uh, Many times as the story unfolded and she began to talk to me and we colored and we ate together and we we had french fries with ketchup on it and um, all those things just to develop some rapport. She uh, began to talk to me a little bit about what had happened, and it was very, very difficult to hear. And at one point during uh, the conversation, there were many points during the conversation where my um, eyes would well up with tears, and she would see me. I would usually excuse myself and tell her I was going out to get something else. Uh, But at one point, she had received a sticker from the police officer that she had on her bib overalls that she was wearing. And uh, when she saw that my eyes were starting to well up with tears and that I was starting to cry, she took that sticker off and she put it on my uniform. How sweet. Yeah, and it was very difficult. 
Um, it was at that moment that I knew I was not adequately prepared to take care of children who were victims of sexual assault. I was very prepared, I felt like, to take care of adult and adolescent patients. However, children was a different story. And she, I believe, was the reason that I said, we need to be better prepared mm-hmm. and we need to take this on here in Anderson, Indiana, and we need to have pediatric sexual assault nurse examiners. So the ball was set in motion because of her. I would imagine she's about 25 now. I have, I've never had any other dealings with her again, but I will never, ever forget her. Hmm. Wow. Holly, just as you're telling that story, there are words that jump off the page at me. When we think about the English language and you think about two words put together, sexual assault, I mean, there are a few things more ugly in their sound. A nurse examiner sounds like someone who is in health care. When you put them all together, you just have to pause and think, wow, what kind of world do we live in where this has to be a career? Yeah. But now you've introduced another word, pediatric, which speaks about children, minor children, little children, a five-year-old. And when you put all of those words together, it takes the breath away. What you do is a unique calling. And I think what you do bears witness to the brokenness of our world. And tell us a little bit about how that works where you work at Community Hospital, for instance. That There are people that actually walk into an emergency department or you get a referral or a call. How does the delivery system work? Point of entry is always the emergency department. However, um, we're um, uniquely situated in a domestic violence shelter on community hospital property. So we have a clinic that um, is available to victims, exclusively available to victims of sexual violence. And so our whole goal is to take the hospital out of the situation and to put the victim at ease and to give them a more home-like environment in which to share with us their story, their history, as well as the examination piece. And so you work in this campus, and, and this development, honestly, Holly, I know, is largely consequent to your passion and vision for such a ministry, really, that's what it is. It's a public hospital, but it is a ministry. It is a, it is a helping hand into a part of our community, into our society that otherwise would not know where to turn or what to do. And when we come back, uh, let's unpeel the onion a little bit more and go backwards. How did Holly Renz find herself in a role like this? Because it's not just a moment, it's a lifetime. How the Lord walks alongside and, and brings events into play and brings you to doorways through which you've walked that now provide hope to a very dark world. We're honored today to have as our guest here on Viewpoint, Holly Renz. She's a sexual assault nurse examiner. And Holly, we know that you didn't start out in this particular moment of your vocation. How did you get to become in the nursing field? Well, my parents were folks who did not think women needed to go to college. And so I was rather discouraged to go to college. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And that was early on, and that was like totally next. 
uh, with my parents. So when I thought about college, I thought about journalism as well as um, elementary ed I was interested in. And then there came a new program at then Anderson College that was a an associate degree program, so two years. And um, I had a then boyfriend, now my husband, who was already a junior at Anderson College. And so I just kind of threw a dart at nursing and went to nursing school. And that seemed like a good fit. Two years, my parents, you know, didn't have to worry about me going four or more years. Happened to be the same two years that your boyfriend Yes, (laughs) and so we graduated together. So um, that was all good. I became a nurse, and um, I worked in the emergency department. I have always had a passion for serving the underserved. However, the sexual assault nurse examiner piece, going back and and getting clinically prepared for that, was um, something that just happened. When I look back on all of that, I know that it was divine intervention. I have no idea what would have happened to me or my life if it hadn't been for God and the way in which he gently led me. It wasn't, it wasn't one moment. Um, it was insidious. It was, it was subtle. And yet here I am 40 years later as a, as a nurse and a sexual assault nurse examiner. And um, I really do owe it all to God. And when you talk about clinical preparation for this unique vocation in nursing, I think most of our listeners would not understand the, the tracks of discipline and knowledge and education. Help us understand, what would someone do if they were, right now, let's say, in the nursing profession, but they, they were drawn into this, this particular niche? Are there schools or programs especially tailored for that? Oh, yes, there's, there are schools. Um, it's not a, an advanced practice nurse. However, we do have clinical education, and there it's out there. All you have to Google is SANE, S-A-N-E, and um, you'll find, you'll probably find yourself at the um, International Association of Forensic Nurses, and that will guide you in that direction. So we're both clinically um, prepared as well as, you know, having the education that we need. And the development of the center on the campus of Community Hospital in Anderson, where you work, has been a huge undertaking and has been a terrific step forward, I think, in our local community in terms of serving the underserved and people who are in desperate straits. I'm going to guess that that whole development, though, requires that you also are in, a, in an institution that's sympathetic to the need, and that's what you found at Community. Yes, Women and children's services are paramount in, in how they serve uh, those folks, and they really do think outside the box. Uh, this is outside-the-box thinking when we um, actually were able to provide this clinic area within a domestic violence shelter on the hospital campus. As far as I know, in Indiana, there are no such facilities Usually, sexual assault treatment centers are a room and not necessarily a dedicated room in an emergency department. So we are very blessed to be a part of Community Hospital Anderson. And do you have any kind of statistical grasp of incidents? Here we are in a community. There are 135,000 people approximately in Madison County where the hospital is situated and where your clinic is. 
Is this a kind of thing where every week people are victimized or occasionally or it comes in waves? What would you say? Um, the only thing consistent is that it's very inconsistent. However, we uh, not only serve Madison County, but we serve the East Central Indiana Corridor. So we serve about eight counties that do not have sexual assault services available within their emergency department. What we know is that one in four women will be sexually assaulted in their lifetime. It's very difficult to get a statistic on males. And what we also know is that for every 10 sexual assault victims, only three come forward formally. So we're always trying to figure out how do we reach those seven victims who either remain in silence or who maybe tell a friend or a family member, but it doesn't go any farther than that. Uh, We want to be able to help them, to offer them resources, and to talk to them about some of their fears and things that really bother them about the situation, and then maybe steer them in the right direction as far as resources go. You've talked about men and women, and of course at the beginning of our interview today, you you talked about children. And uh, when we come back, Holly, I just would like to explore a little bit how you go to work every day, knowing that this world is a broken place and that real life is not always easy, and sometimes it's just hard to bear. Even as you think about years ago, a small child victimized, giving you a sticker to encourage you as you're distressed by the scenario. How do you think about facing a world every day, going to work, not knowing what's going to walk in the door that might just steal your heart? When we come back, we're going to ask you about that. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind But now I see T'was grace that taught my heart My fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear? The hour I first believed. My chains are
Our guest today is Holly Renz. She is a sexual assault nurse examiner. She also has a specialty, if that's the term, working with children, a pediatric nurse examiner. And Holly, as you think about a world that is so desperately broken, the fact that we even have a vocation like your own bears witness to a world that's deeply wounded and wounds other people. What's inside of you that calls you to work every day? Uh, Is there a place, is there a thought Is there a foundation you stand on that brings you to this calling? I certainly agree there's there's evil in the world, and there is an element of evil in folks who commit such heinous acts against our children. I know that um, I feel like I'm a, a servant of God, and I think that's what takes me to work every day. I love the work I do. Because I believe that as hard as it is for that millisecond that I am with my patient, that I can provide hope and that I always love them. And I think that's so important for us to do. Um, We do not need to re-victimize these, um, particularly children who have gone through the, the valleys of hell. And we need to bring them out of it. And um, they need to feel loved and validated. And they need to hear hope. I'm going to guess that some of the people you see, your patients, feel hopeless or as if life has been altered in a way from which there is no forward motion. There's nowhere to go from here. And if that's true, what do you say to them? With children, it is interesting because I believe that at times they feel hopeless and voiceless. However, um, children are resilient and um, they can compartmentalize 
So that's very helpful. However, I do see children who um, I think will be morphed into a therapist chair for most of their lives. And obviously, I'm not a therapist, but um, we're able to talk to them about their fears, uh, what bothers them the most about um, what's happened to them. And from that, we can then determine uh, what resources would best serve them so that they can emotionally heal. And I know you've mentioned to me, Holly, that there's a, there's a picture. There's a, an image, a visual image uh, near the entrance uh, of Jesus and the little children. Does that speak to you day by day? It's actually in my home, and yes, it does. It's right at our front door, and it is, let the little children come to me, do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God is theirs. I know I'm paraphrasing that, but that's really important to me, and it's, of course, Jesus with a child on his lap and the children around him, and truly the kingdom of God belongs to those children, and definitely they are innocent beings, and we do need to lift them up, validate them, and give them the hope that they deserve. I just keep thinking, Holly, that you you are a hope bringer, that you are a kingdom bringer for these kids and their families, um, the people that are for them, and you shine a light in a very dark place. And sometimes cockroaches come out, but you're steady. And you you stay with them, and you're probably the one giving stickers now. I feel much more equipped (laughs) to talk to children, to examine children, to walk them through the process. So that gives you the strength as well as being a servant. Mm -hmm. So that makes a big difference. No two stories are ever alike, and that's somewhat hard. It's very difficult to not have that deer-in-the-headlight look when um, children do make disclosures to you that we should never, ever hear a child talk about. But I want them to be able to do that and to feel comfortable, to have rapport with us, and to tell their stories, and then to be able to examine them. So, yeah, obviously being equipped, having the knowledge base, makes a huge difference in how we care for our children. I know that no two stories are just alike, and there's a wide variety of sad tales. But if someone were listening to us today who had some history of sexual abuse or assault, and they've never spoken about it to anyone, what would you say to them? Everyone's an individual, and so it's very difficult. But I would hope that they have someone in their lives that they can talk to. I know with children, they worry that they're damaged goods, and that is a huge piece. And I would say to them, you are not damaged goods. You are whole, and you are put together just like God wanted you to be put together, and that no one would ever know anything ever happened to you unless you choose to tell. But hopefully as an adult or adolescent, who's going through a situation that they can find someone that they know, love, and trust, and that they can tell. I always tell kids, if you tell someone and they don't believe you, what are you going to do? And we have to think about it a while, but the thought is you tell someone else, and you keep telling someone until someone believes you. Um, When they come to the Sexual Assault Treatment Center, we always believe them. 
uh, we start by believing. So that's really important. But for those who are struggling with something they may have never told, there is hope. There are lots of great therapists out there. Um, you need to be able to talk about it. Uh, it is a fabric of who you are. Unfortunately, it weaves, uh, the fabric weaves itself, and um, it can make you stronger and um, certainly more resilient, but you absolutely need to talk to someone that you love and trust, and then find a good therapist. JJ, I know you have your scripture open. Give us that verse from Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus makes his invitation, come right to me. Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Wherever you are in life today, no matter how vulnerable you feel or have felt, we want you to know there is hope for tomorrow. Whatever has been done, whatever you have done, there is a way forward where the Lord can take the broken places and make something new and better and good. How do you get there? As Holly's just described, sometimes we have to tell our story to someone else. But for today, just now, take a deep breath and tell your story to God. Pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know every one of us by name exactly who we are. You know also where we have been, all that has happened. And Lord, you love us just the same and completely. And we are so thankful, Lord, that knowing everything you know, your love still has no boundaries. We're thankful, Lord, that you hear our voices and our heart crying, that you never turn away from anyone who seeks hope and healing. And we thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, who so perfectly represents you. And in the same way that the scripture tells us that he invites children, we know, Lord, he's inviting all of us if our hearts are childlike and we will humble ourselves before you, hear our stories, we surrender them to you and help us to know what to do next so that we might be filled with hope and bring hope to others. Thank you for the work that Holly and all those who work alongside her do day by day, not just here, but across this country across the world. May all of us, Lord, be the healing touch of Christ wherever we are, whatever our calling. Thank you for hearing our prayer. It is offered in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to know more about how you can find hope, give us a call. This number is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's toll-free. Somebody from our Viewpoint team is always by the phone, anxious to hear from you. Dial this up. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. And JJ, if someone didn't want to call us on the phone, how could they find us online? You can find us on the internet at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there about the Viewpoint Ministry. You can scroll down to the bottom and send us an email, and we will reply. Or at the last, if you prefer, you can just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420 Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, please let us hear from you this week. Holly Renz, thanks so much for opening your heart to us today and for telling us a little bit about what you do. We're so proud to have you. 
Thank you. And thank you, JJ, for coming alongside. Always glad to be in your company. You too, Jim. And we thank you for tuning in and hope that you'll be with us again next week as we continue our series called Real Life. Real life is not always easy, but there's always a way to find hope. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.